Welcome to the Chemistry Factor Podcast, dedicated to help you consciously inspire your actions in business, no matter what circumstances you're facing, transforming your stress into empowering success. I'm Coach Barney, founder of the Chemistry Factor. For over 25 years, I've worked with hundreds of successful business leaders who have all experienced how poor working relationships and unexpected business setbacks cause the anxiety and stress that weakens your productivity, innovation, and leadership skills. You do not choose to be stressed. It is a reaction, not a decision, that drains your energy, making work hard and less fulfilling. Together, we will discover how to empower your attitude to achieve the greater success and satisfaction you've always wanted in your business, career, and life. Welcome to the Chemistry Factor podcast, where we discuss how conscious value empowerment will inspire your attitude to achieve the greater success and satisfaction you want in your business, career, and life. My guest today is Warren Carlisle IV, a community building strategist and international speaker who advises impact-driven brands and leaders on how to build thriving online communities. He is the founder and CEO of the largest octopus fan club in the world, Octonation, with over 700,000 followers and is the co-founder of the Community Leaders Association that helps community leaders, entrepreneurs, and nonprofits leverage the connection with their existing clients to maximize community growth, engagement, and brand awareness. He is the king of community and has been featured and gotten the attention of celebrities and global organizations such as Michael B. Jordan, Ellen DeGeneres, Joe Rogan, and Meta Headquarters, formerly Facebook. (laughs) In today's digital world, there is so much social media babbling. A brand's identity can easily be misunderstood and weakened. Warren advocates the building of fanatical communities online as the lifeblood of the brand's relevancy in the marketplace and teaches organizations exactly how to do this using the seven C's of growing a fanatical community. Hey, Warren. It's hey, Barney. It's What's a going real on? honor to have you here. How are I, you, I man? Pro- I promise I sleep. <laughs> you promise you what? I said, I promise I sleep. And, and oh. I do all those things and I sleep too. <laughs> yeah, I, God bless. Thank you for that. How's life in the communicable, in the fanatical community world? It's fun. I mean, there's such a great opportunity right now to think of something that you've always been passionate about, um, thinking about something that you want to head up and create a community around it. Uh, it's so exciting if you go to Meta's uh, page, like their her Facebook's Facebook page. I guess we're all still getting used to to talking about it. But if we go to their page, you can scroll down and you can see all of these really interesting communities. Like I love hot sauce with you know 
30,000 members. I'm joining um, that one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there, and, and there's, you know, serious communities. Like you have Black Women Invest, um, which is actually one of my community leader friends who teaches women how to invest in the stock market, invest in real estate, right? Yesterday, she taught a class about selling real estate in Africa for people who are interested. So, I mean, there's a lot of really cool things that are going on. And so now is the time, I, I believe, if somebody has a very unique interest and perspective on things to, to start building community around it. So what inspires you to create Octonation and how did it change your life? Yeah. So the inspiration started, I would say, with my obsession when I was seven years old. Um, I saw an octopus for the first time and just remember thinking that thing has got to be alien. And at the time I was obsessed with aliens. And so I remember looking up and being like, oh, I want to learn everything about it. And I went to the library and there were no books on it. There were no flashcards. There were there was really no information. And it always was mind boggling to me. And it really didn't make sense until fast forward, you know, 2015, I read the book, The Soul of an Octopus. And the author, Simon Montgomery, talks about how the animal was just largely demonized in Western culture and Hollywood films and just always mischaracterized, misrepresented. And, you know, I was reading that and I thought they just have a really bad PR agent. You know, they just <laughs> need, they need somebody that's rooting for them. If Disney can make a mouse, you know, you know what it is, what Disney is today with Mickey Mouse, then surely I can I can look at the octopus and think differently. I love it. I love it. You've said that the octopus is the ocean's superhero. Reflect a little more on that. Yeah, so I remember looking at all the stories of octopus and they were always really scientific. And the way that you know scientists and, and people were largely talking about them was actually, to me, I was like, oh, that sounds really scary. And I was like, I could see why somebody might be turned off by that. You know, they have suckers that can taste and smell and they have a razor sharp beak. And I was just like, that's, that's too scary. <laughs> so I was like reimagining the story and I, and I was like doing research and I was like, wow, octopuses exist in every single ocean. They exist around every coastline on this planet. Depending on where they live in the ocean, they have a unique adaptive trait or superpower that allows them to be masters of that environment and have been thriving for hundreds of millions of years. I thought they're the ocean superheroes, you know, and depending on where they li live, they have a unique superpower that allows them to thrive. And so I started profiling different species like the sand octopus that, you know, because of its sandy environment, it can't change colors. But what it's adapted to do in its environment is to blast itself a foot underground in the sand, secrete a mucus to kind of like reinforce the walls around it and build this under sandy den and then create a ventilation shaft with like one of its arms to, to breathe while it's underground. And so I just started profiling all these different species. There's over 300 and started wow. storytelling around them and it took off. Wow. Wow. I, I see a cape somewhere in the, in, yep. <laughs> in the history. Tell us your story on how you first got involved in community development and what you love about it? Yeah, so the community development, that's always something that's kind of been ingrained in me since I was a child too. I was the middle of seven children growing up. And I remember knowing that if I got home from school and the house wasn't clean, then we would be less likely to get our mom to be able to get us to do things. Like if we wanted to go to the movies or if we wanted to watch TV and stay up 30 minutes later, or if we wanted her to cook something special for dinner, or if we wanted her to order pizza, 
like things needed to be done. And so I remember organizing my brothers and sisters and being like, Hey, Tyler, did you do your homework? Brandon, uh, make sure that you vacuum the floor before mom gets home and, you know, make sure it smells really good. Hey, Lauren, can you do this? And I just remember constantly organizing and understanding that the emotional well-being of our mom really dictated, you know, our livelihood. And so I kind of use that as kind of a springboard into that kind of launched me into a marketing marketing role where I always was just like, okay, what needs to happen in order for this audience or for these, these people that we, you know, we want to follow our brand to get them to do things or to get them to feel a certain way or to get them to, to really have an affinity for us. And my first role in 2011, I was an intern for a celebrity fashion photographer and I ended up becoming his studio manager and managing all of his strategic partnerships with like J. Crew, Todd Snyder, Uniqlo, Mont Blanc, and really learned inside and out like how brands are utilizing influencers, models, talent in order to create this feeling for different markets. And it was just like, this is such a cool area to be in. But at the time I was like, fashion doesn't really get me going. <laughs> like I need, I need to take everything that I've learned here and I need to figure out how to apply it to something that I'm actually interested in versus something that I'm like, Oh, I see how this is working, but I'm not really that passionate about anything. And I kind of decided, okay, well, I'm going to utilize all of these strengths and skills to start talking about the octopus. Yeah, <laughs> that's well, what I did. You know, it sounds to me that your organizational tentacles are, are very fever pitched. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Talking to the listeners who want to build their own fanatical community, what were some of your biggest challenges starting out? So the biggest challenges starting out were really thinking about the impacts of certain campaigns, the, the impacts of collaborating with the wrong person or the wrong influencer, or realizing that you know, the people that you're collaborating with are humans and they have lives and they go off and they can do some pretty crazy things. And that will have a massive impact on your brand. And you'll have to kind of go back and um, I, you've probably seen on Twitter or on social media where brands have to publicly disavow certain people because of the things that they do in their personal lives. And so I would say that I learned a lot of that in New York, working with, you know, top tier talent and celebrities is sometimes they do things to stay in the tabloids or sometimes they do wild things. And so you have to make sure that when you're choosing to collaborate with someone, that you're signing up for all that is them. If you're choosing to have somebody represent your brand or you're choosing to collaborate with someone, if the time comes that they do something that is, is against the interest of your values of your brand, you have to say something and, and let your community know, hey, just letting you know that this is this is what happened. This isn't okay with us. We're very aware that you might have found us through X, Y, Z, but just letting you know, moving forward, this is our stance. And so like making sure that instead of you just being silent, um, that you're very communicative with your community because they are a part of your brand. They're a part of your business. Back in the day, you could maybe just swept things under the rug and just be like, maybe people won't know, or maybe they don't have the tools to let us know how they feel. But nowadays... You're one in one with your community. They have a direct line in with you with social media and they have platforms that they've created with thousands, sometimes millions of people that can talk directly about your brand. And so making sure that you're just aware of that dance, I would say, you know, those were some challenges that I had in the beginning is just realizing you really want to stand within your values at all times and make long-term decisions based on who these people are. 
Did, and uh, yeah, did, did did you have any did you have any experience with the octopus? I mean, you know, you say, "Oh, I'm going to build Octonation." How many people thought you were crazy? I had a lot. <laughs> I remember working in New York, and I was going to all these events, and I was taking photos with like Harley Kloss, Victoria's Secret models, Casey Neistat at you know the J Crew uh, Jade Ludlow collection launch, and all these really really interesting people. And I remember calling my brothers one night and I was just like, I think I want to move out of New York. And he was like, why? He's like, you get to hang out with like celebrities and talent. And I was like, yeah, but I don't really care. Like I'm there and I'm thinking I could be doing so many other things. Like I could be and and having so many more interesting conversations and I'm not having them here. I'm having people who are self-conscious people that are, it's just, I wasn't really connecting with anybody in that space. And so I told them, you know, did everybody that you spoke to? Oh yeah, of course, Octonation. That's that's yeah. perfect for you. I no, mean- it's it's really interesting. <laughs> they they were they were like yeah. Oh, it's like one of those things when you're having a conversation with somebody who's like not even remotely interested, and they're just like, "That's great for you," or "Oh, that's oh, that's really cool." Like they have no, they can't relate at all. And the cool thing about growing online communities is you can find those people who actually are obsessed with entertaining those conversations that you've always wanted to have. And I just love that idea of connecting people that have something really interesting to say with their community online so that they are in this place of empowerment and this place of like, wow, I, I, I'm really doing something that I love and not in this place of, wow, like um, just struggle, the, the marketing struggle where you're making videos and nobody's seeing them. That just kills me when somebody is really talented and they're just... <laughs> doing that. So You're catching the magic word of empowerment, you know, yeah. empowerment. Okay. Sure. Uh, yeah. And it sounds like there's a whole slew of values that inspire you. Okay. I'd like to know what your dream community is. I mean, what would it allow you to do even more of? Hmm. My dream community. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that the people that I'm currently working with, because I have a brand management agency, impact-driven, you know, entrepreneurs, leaders that are looking to build thriving online communities, you know, oftentimes they're caught up with the, the marketing part of it. And they, they're they not too sure what to do, or they're not aware of like what a campaign is. And in, in the fashion industry, we know that like, you know, you need a campaign every single season, you know, there needs to be some interesting story. And it's the same thing when you're a community leader and you have the attention span of people's communities on a daily basis, you really have to start thinking of what is going to be the thing that's going to be deserving of people's attention on a daily basis. And so if you're somebody who's looking to have this nuanced intellectual conversation at scale, that's great. That still has to play within something that's like interesting. So you have on YouTube where people do sound bites, then they get people in that way. So with me, it's, it's people that have something really interesting to say, that are capable of having these nuanced conversations, bringing the world closer together, um, actually. Um, <laughs> and uh, I'm listening to this and, you know, it's it, it's hitting me like right in the middle of my mind. It's like, who would you like to add to Octonation community? You know, uh-huh. well, the, you know, I, I'm a hockey fan mm-hmm. and, uh, I, you know, I just saw the Rangers play the Kraken. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, where does Bezos come into this? Yeah. Isn't, isn't he someone you'd like to put on your community? Yeah, he he's really interesting right now. I've always spoken about like how I know he loves the octopus. He has been a fan of wearing like um, octopus board shorts. He yeah, obviously owns the Seattle Kraken, which is the, the mascot is like a, a cephalopod or like a, a giant squid or whatever you want to call it. And he 
right now, I mean, he has the Earth Fund and he's really going all in. He's going to all of the, the climate you know, conversations around the world and really kind of interjecting himself into it. And so with Octonation, you know, our whole thing is inspiring wonder of the ocean by educating the world about octopuses. And we do that in a really interesting, fun, informative way, which is how we've gotten so big. And so I feel like we're we're aligned in that, whereas he is such a really interesting guy and he's had such a, a massive impact, <laughs> obviously, with, with Amazon. Now, now figuring out, OK, how do we plug education into that? How do we get education to people at scale? about the ocean, you know, so that they have some context and they're inter- they see why we should protect it, not just people telling them, hey, we should protect the ocean. It's important. But like, give really give them some context. Why should we care? And I, I feel like a lot of times organizations and, and people miss that is they're just like, well, you should care. And here's the data. It's like, well, oftentimes people are highly emotional <laughs> and uh, and don't really like they, they look at it and they're just like, I don't know where I fit into that or you know, so it's it's like really thinking we have to rethink the way that we we educate people and and really play on their interest and attention span if we want to get them to do anything. And it kind of goes back to me being a kid and understanding if I want to get my brothers and sisters to do something, I'm going to need to play to their interest. I'm going to need to say, hey, Brandon, if, if you want mom to um, you know take you to the movies with your girlfriend later on tonight. I think you should like make sure that you vacuum or I think you should make sure that, you know, your dresser is cleaned off because that's the first thing that she complains about. There's your organizational tentacles <laughs> all over again. That's where, yeah. it, that's where it began. Uh, yeah. You know, you mentioned Community Leadership Association. What inspired you and your co-founder, Roberto Candelaria, to create it? I mean, you started with Octonation and you've been building it tremendously. So I'm sure a lot of what you're sharing comes from the experience that you've had in creating Octonation. Yeah. So as always building Octonation, as always having conversations with, you know, artists or just anybody online who is building a community, because I started getting flown around and asked to speak about community building because I had such a highly engaged community online. Whereas, you know, some people might get 20 comments or 30 comments on their posts. We were getting hundreds And so people were like, how are you getting people to be this engaged? And to me, I was just like, (laughs) you just have to understand what they care about. But I I finally sat with a mentor and we kind of mapped out how I think about, you know, communities. And we came up with these seven C's of building a fanatical community. Which we're going to get into. (laughs) We're going to get into. And um, but I so I started testing that concept out um, on business owners that I was really inspired by. Mm -hmm. And people that I was just like, you have, you have this amazing message. We need to, we not, we need to, um, let's, let's, <laughs> plug, let's plug in, let's plug in these seven C's and see what's missing or what you could be doing better. And every single time I chose someone to do this exercise with, and we started building things out, their engagement started going up. They started collaborating at a very high level, like with like time honored organizations that have been around forever. Um, they started becoming the go-to person in whatever niche they were in. And it was, it didn't take a long time. I mean, it was, it was taking like 90 days to six months for them to, to be highly recognized. And so I decided, you know, that made me feel really good. Uh, And so I was like, you know, I wonder if we could create this agency and Roberto, the co-founder has always been about monetization and he has a, you know, former career and, you know, fundraising and worked for the HRC and in politics and, and so he brings the monetization component, the sponsorship, the JV partnership, the uh, 
that whole side. And I bring the, okay, but how do we keep them interested on a daily basis? So they keep coming back or that the affinity to, they just, they know all, all of what we're doing. They're there's, excited. There's a, yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt, but th- th- there's this, this, this thing that I want to bring out because I mm-hmm. think it, it's important to you. I want to talk about corporate social responsibility. Okay. Yes. Uh, CSR. Uh, Cone survey stated that 64% of all millennials, which is over 50% of the workforce in the United States, the CRS is a strong driver for their consideration to working for somebody. And Generation Z is even more, more on top of that. In this world of the pandemic, their expertise is so important, creating community that represent the heart and soul of the business. Mm-hmm. And what I'm hearing and what you're saying to me about what inspires you, one of the big things that inspires you in Octonation is, hey, we have an environment that we want to keep keep alive. You, you look with great respect to the octopus, but it relates to everything and the echo and the balance of the ecology of the ocean. How does CSR reflect on your training community leaders and managers? to achieve the fanatical community relationships and brand success they're looking for. Yeah, I think it's it goes back to really instilling in the people that work for Octonation or follow Octonation to really have this, that really be anchored in their love and their affinity for something. And it comes from a place of understanding. It comes from a place of compassion. It comes from a place of excitement. When you have that sort of relationship with someone it opens so many doors. It, I mean, you can you can accomplish a whole lot when you have that sort of admiration from somebody who follows your account. And it's deeply rooted into the fiber of like Octonation and just, you know, what we stand for. And, you know, so I feel like when brands, you know, approach me and they kind of want to back in this corporate responsibility, it can come across as inauthentic if you have the people at the top being like, oh, that's cute. Like, look at them doing what they're doing over there. It's like, no, community is everything. <laughs> community can make or break a business overnight. You know, it's toppling, you know, some large organizations with some some of the things that they say, like Victoria's Secret, for an example, when uh, their CEO said, you know, our, our clothes were never made for trans pe- or trans people. You know, you can't just say things like that anymore in this type of economy or this type of environment because you have way too many people online who have a marketing platform who have, you know, and can, can make things happen, you know? And so I think when you're thinking about building your online community, it's such a long-term game. You really have to think of going back to those seven C's, you know, one of the the C's is core values. You really have to anchor yourself in what are those values and not just in a way, you know, that we were discussing the other day that they're just in the front of your store. And they're just like, yeah, those are our values, but I don't know really how they show up. They have to be ingrained in every campaign that you have. They have to be ingrained in every comment that you make to your, to a follower who's following you. They have to be ingrained in like every collaboration, every single person you choose to introduce to your audience in any capacity. So you really have to start thinking about this. If you want to have that deep deep community affinity with your with your followers. And that's why when you see us have hundreds and hundreds of comments, genuine comments, not people that are like, cool, great. This is so cool. You know, they have the right paragraphs. You know, we really get them thinking and we we really facilitate conversations at scale. 
And that's just, if you want to make it, if you want to be relevant in today's you know, society, then you have to start thinking about these things. You want um, it to come so I, from the heart. Yeah. I mean, yeah. When you say ingrained, if, if it's coming from something that you truly believe in, you don't have to think about it. It just comes out, yeah, which is you what have, you're doing with me right now. Yeah. <laughs> I can and see you can, your passion. Yeah. And you can see, um, I mean, of course there are exceptions to this rule. You know, when you see these influencers that are primarily known for their entertainment value or primarily known for the bad things that they do online that garner a lot of attention, they still need to start thinking, they still should want to think about sustainability if they want to be around for a long period of time, because the way the, the community world works is like news headlines are changing like every minute and our attention is so scattered. It seems like where it's like the, the brands that are truly building something have, are going to have a lot of staying power. Um, 100%. Yeah. The other people would just kind of be entertainment, you know, and kind of, yeah. Not you mentioned really core values. One thing I do, I did read up on is that you, you, the seven C's plays off of Octonation and it's S-E-A-S. Yes. But the seven C's, aside from core values, what are the other uh, six? Yeah. So the first one is clarity. Uh, and so that's really who is the community for and what is the community about? It's as simple as that. The more vague those two words are, the more vague those two statements are, the more that you're most likely going to alienate members of the community. So an example is if you're somebody, say you want to help women who have chronic pain, right? Women is a very vague, vague niche, right? Chronic pain is extremely vague in the sense where it could be chemo, it could be, you know, multiple sclerosis, it could be. And so when you have those community people, they're going to, they're going to argue about whose pain is worse, right? You're going to naturally have that type of interaction. Whereas you could really engineer a community that truly is for the people who are in that community and be just fine, right? You don't, yeah. you don't want anybody to start comparing, at least when you're first starting out and trying to really build that affinity uh, from the ground floor. So that's, that's clarity. Um, Searching for commonality there. Yeah. Okay. And so I, I helped a woman uh, that the person that I'm talking about, uh, Dr. Lindsay Weitzel, you know, she went from helping people that have chronic pain and, and working to mitigate that chronic pain to specifically helping business women who suffer chronic debilitating migraine and helping them get more things done throughout the day. And that was, that's, that's simply it. And so she has this deep connection with her community. You know, she works with the National Headache Foundation with the Association of Migraine Disorders, because it's very clear who she helps and what her community is about. And so she just went, went off very quickly. My wife so gets migraines. I think I'm going to turn her on to that website. Yeah, she's brilliant. <laughs> she's had chronic debilitating migraine ever since she was two years old. So she's perfectly poised to, to stand strong in that environment. So that's clarity. Then you have core values. Core values is the collective identity, right? So when somebody's talking about the brand, you know, how passionate are they talking about it? One of our things in our community is we don't Aquarius shame. So if somebody uploads a photo of them holding their daughter and looking at an octopus, if somebody comes in and says, wow, that's like a capitalist plague on society. I can't believe you're showcasing. It's like, that's not. <laughs> it's a total disconnect. Yeah. It's a total get disconnect one. And it, you're it, totally hijacking the intention of this post. And one Aquarius on their front line of ocean conservation on a daily basis like they're not making millions of dollars by, you know, educating about, you know, this is a, this is a need, you know, that we, that we have. So content would be next. Yeah. That's content. So content is, you know, how you deserving of people's attention on a daily basis. How can you truly say that when you go to post or that when you devise a campaign that 
why why is this campaign deserving of attention and and just really start really thinking about that and a lot of times people are like i woke up today with a download or i woke up today and i I feel like i need to get this off my chest community is not doesn't really have anything to do with you (laughs) you know it has everything to do with like what is going to get the community engaged what are they interested in there's there's a lot that goes into staying uh, in purpose yeah staying in purpose uh then you get into collaboration collaboration so collaboration is, you know, who else is out there who's catering to your ideal audience that shares your core values because it kind of goes in that order. That's why mm-hmm. you know, it's a, these C's are in order. Can you collaborate with so that the difference that you make together is stronger than you could have made alone? And so, again, going back to Dr. Lindsay Whitesell, who helps women who suffer chronic debilitating migraine, you know, working with the Association of Migraine Disorders, working with the National Headache Foundation, working with other influencers who talk about, you know, migraines with other organizations, with potentially pharmaceutical companies. How can she work so that she's getting more of, of her brilliance and her expertise out? And so that's how you strategically collaborate. And then after that, um, you have, is it connection? Yes. Yes. <laughs> So connection is how are you making your community members feel seen? So you have to think of campaigns of how are you creating opportunities for your members to be showcased, to be spotlit, for them to feel like, you know, I'm participating in this community because, you know, one day I have the potential to be seen. So we have artist spotlights. We have underwater photographer spotlights in Octonation. We have, if you learn something, we have like a raise your Octo IQ in, in our content, we'll say the first three people who like get this answer right, we'll send stickers to, we'll send merch to. So we're actively educating people. We're incentivizing them to stay educated and to read our captions. You know, thinking of how can you create this connection with your community that they're really excited to be there and they feel like they have potential at some point to be seen by the community um, by and large. So it's really important that you have that. Cool. So what's conversion? Conversion. Um, this is something that actually Roberto added in because, you know, he's the monetization and he thinks about money a whole lot about um, okay. about like how you do things. Well, conversion is how you ethically converting people's attention to anything. So if you decide as an organization or a brand or as an influencer to say, I know I have your attention and that I built your attention here, I'm going to shift it this way because I feel like this will benefit you. So conversion is how are you ethically converting people's attention different places? That could be to an offer. That could be to another influencer that you're collaborating with. That could be to um, an opt-in that you have. But you really want to make sure that you're deserving of that attention first in content. That So when you go to convert and you go to drive people's attention different places, that it actually happens. Um, and if we can't answer that you know, for conversion, then you most likely won't get any sales. This sounds like happen. discovery to me. Like you're, you're opening opportunities for them to discover things they didn't know existed. It's what Absolutely. they didn't know they didn't know. Yeah. And they're putting their faith that you're showing them something that you think they would benefit from. And that's what, you know, is happening from this whole community, you know, engagement. And that's where your core values are really lighting things up. Yeah. Uh, I actually worked, I worked with an influencer and um, uh, he was a fitness influencer and he had like close to 1.5 million followers. And he said, I want to monetize my following. And I said, okay, t- tell me more. <laughs> like what, what, what have like, let's look at your content. And I was like, you're not really educating people on how to work out. So what, what product are you wanting to sell? 
And he was like, well, I want to, I want to do an ebook, like a $10 ebook and just monetize my following. I'm like, so you want to exploit <laughs> your community so that you can sell this? Like it just it didn't feel good. Right. And I said, I don't think this is going to go well for you. I was like, I would suggest either doing more brand deals or collabs because you have like no education on working out. I was like, I don't, I don't think it's going to sell well. People don't come to you to learn how to work out. They come to you because they love your lifestyle. They love the way that you look. And he's like, no, you're wrong. I was like, okay. So he went to go sell um, sell this book, and I heard from um, his team that out of 1.5 million followers, he probably he sold less than 100 of them. Wow! Okay, uh, and it just goes to show you, you know, with with that conversion, you weren't deserving of that that attention, you're, and you're not ethically converting people's attention to something that they they would have seen value in anyway. So the seven C's kind of make sense in this. this so way. so you know, the last one is consistency, and I can see where consistency and conversion can look different. Yeah. How do you deal with consistency? Consistency was put in there because a lot of times creators and people that are creating content, they get anxiety. They get creators anxiety. Stress. Yeah, stress. (laughs) Oh, oh, the, the thing that takes us to do things that, you know, we regret later. Yeah. So imagine you have all of these people who are now following you because you're crushing the other, you know, six C's of building a fanatical community and you're overwhelmed. Um, You wake up every single day with this immense pressure on you to feel like you need to create content and you don't want to create content. Uh, And so this consistency is all about how are you doing this in a way that's sustainable? How are we, you know, mapping out when you show up online, how are we creating these systems so that you feel really good? You feel like it's easy uh, to create content. You, you know exactly why you're doing what you're doing. You know the overall goal of why you're doing it. And it feels really good every single day and you don't feel stressed out. You're so, focused. Yeah. So consistency is really about creating that sustainability through really writing things down, creating these standard operating procedures, creating programming that allows you to be like, I know what's going on. It's like, it's like, you know, um, every single Wednesday, your favorite TV show or whatever's coming on, you feel really good about that. You have to honor that kind of way that humans are wired where when they, when they come to expect something, it's like, okay, when, when are they going to expect this? And when are you showing up? You know, a lot of times people are just like, I just post whenever I want. It's like, okay, how, how is that working for like people that don't have your life, <laughs> you know, or you want the game plan. Yeah. It's like, what is that? What is that programming coming out? And, uh, and so we, we map that out so that, that people are very clear um, and have that action plan. So let's look at the future. Okay. Bear with me for a minute. The metaverse mm-hmm. is a virtual reality space in which a community of users can interact on a 3d computer generated environment. Gaming environments such as Oculus, which sounds real close to Octopus, uh, (laughs) uh, Roblox, uh, Minecraft, now make up a big part of that arena. In a recent report by the research firm Kantar, which is owned by WPP, titled The Metaverse Mindset Consumer Shopping Insights, they found that 70% who visited virtual 3D stores made purchases there. Millennial shoppers topped it to 77%. Generation Z at 69, Generation X at 67. I mean, where do you see this? How do you see the growth of the metaverse affecting fanatical community growth in the future? Yeah, I think it's really interesting because now you're tying community with 
monetization at the at the highest level. I mean, it's really interesting going into this new world and they can be built very quickly. You know, these communities, these online communities, especially if there's, um, you know, they're connecting people through, you know, gaming or through gamification. And that's a very powerful way to start building a community because there's like this expedition that you go on together with other people and you can share your experiences. So, I mean, it's always been a powerful thing. Uh, you know, gaming and gamification has always been extremely powerful. So I- I see I've myself been... under the ocean right now. Like, <laughs> looking at the octopus with these three things, these goggles on, like I'm there. Yeah. I'm like, and being there can be more inspiring than just reading or seeing pictures or videos. You're in the tank. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. I, and I always say that, you know, what, what a lot of this is doing too is it's adding, you know, whereas communities in the, the past might have been kind of subjective as to their power. Now it's, you add this really objective nature to things like, you know, I, I don't know if you're keeping up with anything like the NFTs or the crypto market or decentralized currencies or anything like that. With online communities, they're essentially creating their own currencies they're creating instead of having this very subjective community that they're like oh you know they're just out there doing their whatever they're mobilizing and they're creating like these really interesting ecosystems and i think it's just a really interesting thing where you can take a community like say octonation and whereas before you know yes we have hundreds of comments yes you know we have a, a lot of engagement but it's really sometimes it's really hard to tell unless you're creating campaigns around money to know how much the community's buying power is. Whereas now, if you, if you like release an NFT or you release a cryptocurrency or anything like that, all of a sudden you can see in a very real time, you know, what, what the buying power of a community can be, um, which is just, again, something that I, I'm looking at, but again, my expertise and interest has always been about building those authentic relationships. So if they're in a game, if they're in whatever, you know, how can we facilitate more campaigns that bring the community close together that they feel like they don't necessarily want to leave? I can see how metaverse would could be driven from financial, but I also see how it can be driven by passion. Yeah. Again, if if I'm in the aquarium and I'm in the tank, you know, shaking hands with a shark, okay, I'm really feeling I'm I'm being in touch with them. And I, you know, I'm being very general about it, but, you know, there, I'm sure there are specifics to it. And being that Facebook has changed their, their name to meta, I'm thinking, you know, verse isn't that far behind. Uh, yeah. yeah. Sometimes I'm sure it would be financial, which could be a total turnoff. Okay. Yeah. But it, you know, if it, if it's honoring your core values, if it's honoring your vision, your mission, your vision, it, it could, you know, just create even greater, you know, connections. It could be something that goes into conversion. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I always go back to, you know, the thing that I'm most interested in with Octonation, which is education. So if we, we, um, if the metaverse is coming, then it's thinking, how can I continue the mission in the metaverse? So it's, you know, very easy for me to be like, okay, what is the um, inspiring wonder of the ocean by educating the world about octopus in the metaverse actually look like? And when you start from there, it's like all of a sudden my head, you know, with campaigns and building things, I can immediately see everything, you know, that I want to do. But that's just kind of how I'm wired. That's um, who you are. I mean, yeah. you you are a strategic thinker extraordinaire. Okay. Yeah. And you 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 see possibilities, you know, it's it's kind of like that's how you're wired, which I think is great. 
Um, and, and, and possibilities and just, you know, connections between people. Yeah. I always think like if you're a brand and you want to collaborate with this brand, really kind of being like, okay, well, at your values, what do you represent? What are your missions? And then for me in my head, I think, oh, this would be a really great campaign to bring these brands together, to introduce your audiences together. And for me, it's it's like breathing. Like, that's just something that I... I think the Kraken are calling you. <laughs> <laughs> they always um, say... They always say, like, I have this sticker here that's called uh, Welcome Octopus Overlords. Um, and it's, yeah, so I always tell people I'm just a mouth mouthpiece for the eventual, you know, cephalopod takeover on this planet. So. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, yeah, that's where your sci-fi came in when you were a young mm-hmm. child. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Finally, what advice would you give our listeners as to the most important factor in building a dream community following? I would say... Think about that thing that you can talk about, that you can research, that really lights you up and and go through the seven C's of building a fanatical community. I mean, look at clarity. Okay, what is that? Who is that community for? What is it about? You know, and then get into your values. You know, why, why you? Why uniquely are you suited to kind of lead this conversation? And a lot of times people said with me, I have no background in, in science or marine biology or anything like that. Oftentimes you don't need you don't need that background whatsoever. If you're the one who's just like, no, I see what conversations need to happen or what conversations need to be curated for things to come together. So whereas I didn't have a, a science background whatsoever, I understood that I needed to bring in and have conversations between scientists, conversations between people that understood things in layman's terms. I saw that, you know, whereas on the other end, if you have somebody who's purely coming from a science perspective, they're really wanting to be passionate about that science. Great. And that would be great for a science market, you know? So it's like really understand why you're uniquely suited and what conversations you want to facilitate out there in the wild about the thing that you love and then go up the chain of the seven C's, you know, start thinking of your content start thinking of who you'd collaborate with to make this community bigger, faster. And sounds like, it sounds like, you're at the family table making sure everybody did what they're supposed to get pizza. <laughs> yeah, except I do it with you know, world-renowned thought leaders now. Yes, so. well, pizza was, you know, that, that was the metaphor. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, you know, because, yeah, it's really something that I just love. And for whatever reason, if I can see it, I just feel like I want to share it. Um, yeah. So it started with the octopus. But what I found is it's it's going into a lot of our, you know, our clients' lives and just seeing the way that they're changing the lives of the people that they were put on this planet to change, you know, like with Black Women Invest or with Dr. Lindsay Whitesell helping women who suffer chronic debilitating migraines or Emily D. Baker, who's a pop culture legal commentator, who's teaching the law through pop culture news stories. Like there's so many different ways to do this thing that we call life and build a community around something that you love. So, you know, let's figure it out. I love what you're doing. I think the whole area that you're involved in is is just tipping the iceberg right now because there's so much possibility around it, both, you know, nationally, globally, uh, locally. I mean, all of these things can be done and your passion makes it possible. Absolutely. I want to thank you for being my guest. It has been a pleasure and an honor. And uh, I look forward to speaking to you in the near future. Awesome. Thanks, Barney. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, review, and recommend The Chemistry Factor to your friends. 
you would like to connect with me on social media, reach out to Barney Feinberg on LinkedIn. To connect with me directly, email barney at thechemistryfactor.com. Until next time, empower your business success every day.